More people are diagnosed with skin cancer each year in the United States than all other cancers combined. And one in five Americans will develop skin cancer by the age of 70. Welcome to the GW Medical Faculty Associates podcast. I'm Dr. Mike Smith, and today's topic, beating skin cancer. My guests are Drs. Vishal Patel and Joseph Goodman. Dr. Patel is Assistant Professor of Dermatology and Director of Cutaneous Oncology at the GW Cancer Center. And Dr. Goodman specializes in head and neck surgery, specifically surgical oncology of the head and neck with functional reconstruction. Doctors, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So, Dr. Patel, I'd like to start with you, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm asking this question because I'm pretty sure that we probably have somebody listening right now that is worried about some changing mole or some skin lesion. So the question is, what does skin cancer look like at the beginning? Yeah, that's a great question, and that's the, that's the difficult uh, part of being a dermatologist is that it can look like anything. Uh, and that may not be reassuring to patients, but it should be reassuring in that there's a lot of things that look unusual and can be benign, but there's a lot of things that may look unsuspecting to you um, and we want to pick up. Um, the things that we do worry about that we like to tell our patients to, to keep an eye out for um, are lesions that are growing uh, changing, asymmetric. You may have heard of the ABCDEs of melanoma. Mm-hmm. Those are lesions that are pigmented, that are asymmetric, have irregular borders, uh, darker colors. Um, they are uh, evolving, as we say, and they have a diameter uh, bigger than the back of a pencil eraser head. Um, those are lesions we worry about specifically for melanoma, but there are other types of skin cancers, both common ones and uncommon ones, that can present in a host of different ways. I tell patients that if you see something that's new that you didn't have before, you don't recognize it, you have a partner that says, that spot on your back, I just don't remember seeing it there, Um, or something that's bleeding or irritating you, you want to have a dermatologist look at that so that we can properly evaluate it. Right, right. And and I think it's always good, too, if somebody's worried, Go be seen, right? It's pretty. Don't don't <laughs> don't not be seen because you're embarrassed or something, right? So go ahead. If you're Absolutely. worried about something, go make that uh, appointment. Uh, Doctor Goodman, uh, can you maybe run through for us what? Because Doctor Patel uh, alluded to that there's many there's different types of skin cancers. Can you kind of walk us through the different uh, types of skin cancers sure. and and uh, just give us like a nice high overview of those? Sure. The, the, probably the most well-known one is, of course, melanoma. And, you know, where the head and neck surgeon gets involved is usually at a point where we're worried about it spreading to the lymph nodes. And we can talk about that at any time later, but essentially we can sample the lymph nodes through a variety of techniques and help both with staging, which drives treatment decisions, and uh, potentially even further surgery or reconstruction as needed. Um, aside from melanoma, it's important to know that squamous cell cancer is also a very common and and potentially aggressive form of skin cancer. Uh, That's typically associated with sun exposure, um, and it can be particularly prevalent in a a high-risk population of immunosuppressed people, for instance, organ transplant folks. Um, There are other types of cancers, some of which can be aggressive, some of which are very rare. Dr. Patel is really probably the expert on that in terms of, you know, things associated with sweat glands and adnexal tumors. And then basal cell carcinoma is a very common one, which is usually not that aggressive, but it can be locally pretty destructive. 
So, Dr. Goodman, you you mentioned a little bit about staging. Um, Walk us through, like, what is the workup? When, when, how are some of these lesions staged? And when is a decision made to do a skin biopsy? Well, I think uh, normally um, patients that refer to head and neck surgeons come in with either big and ugly tumors. You know, they're sent, you know, by the primary care doctor. Maybe they've been uh, neglected for a while, or they've had a, a law, you know, break in in, uh, in primary care, for instance, and so they've grown. You know, they usually don't come up overnight, they've, but they've been there for a while. Or sometimes there's a neck mass, and in the workup of that neck mass, it's determined that the primary source was from a skin cancer. Sometimes that history is remote. The skin cancer may have been removed years ago, but based on a fine needle biopsy of the neck node and, and some imaging and kind of the his, detailed history we determined that, in fact, the primary was from maybe that resected skin cancer that was, you know, uh, superficially resected or potentially burned off or, or some somehow was, it was never determined that there was a uh, risk for it spreading to the neck. So we get involved. I think the dermatologists get involved a little bit early. Typically, for the primary site, the dermatologists are the ones who are going to be sampling and, and making that diagnosis. And I was going to say, yeah, the the skin biopsies that you're you're talking about. When we see patients uh, early on, we take a small sample of their skin to to first identify what type of skin cancer it might potentially be, because it, that will help us drive treatment. But I think um, what I wanted to to um, let our listeners know about is that the the old way we kind of used to to practice skin cancer prevention and treatment was to biopsy a lot of lesions and then we try to destroy everything, um, you know, superficially. Uh, and reserve surgery for certain cases, maybe on the head and neck um, or for more high-risk tumors. As we're realizing now, some recent papers have really come out about basal cell squamous cell melanoma is that not only is the epidemic really rising, but we've probably underestimated those lesions that can be more aggressive than we first thought, specifically in squamous cell carcinoma, um, and that the number of deaths of those patients and bad outcomes may be more aligned along the lines of melanoma and that then we should treat it more aggressively. And uh, what we're trying to do here at GW, which Dr. Goodman and myself, is um, is approach all these patients from a very strategic and systematic way. And so just doing the skin biopsy is, is not enough. We want to accurately stage them for the beginning, find those risk factors and identify those patients who may look like they just have a lesion they've had for a while. It's an innocuous uh, typical squamous cell carcinoma or basal cell carcinoma or even a thin melanoma, but that with proper staging from the beginning, we can then get them plugged into the head and neck search and get them a sentinel lymph node biopsy early on to help prevent those poor outcomes and treat them so that they can get the best chance of cure the first time around and not worry about those terrible neck masses and things Dr. Goodman was talking about occurring later in their life. So why do some patients develop more aggressive forms of skin cancers and others don't. I mean, have have we learned what those risk factors are? Yeah, we, we definitely have learned a lot about uh, just in the last about three years with there have been a, a host of, of literature and evidence um, coming from some great cancer centers. Um, we've known for some time, Dr. Goodman made a mention to this, that if you're immunosuppressed, it means you may have an organ transplant, a stem cell transplant, you may be on medications. Uh, and they're medications that we didn't even realize were so immunosuppressive, but 
uh, all patients here to see all the ads on TV about uh, biologic drugs for psoriasis or rheumatoid arthritis or Crohn's disease. Those are all drugs that, that modulate the immune system. And our immune system is constantly working to prevent skin cancers from forming since we're, we're walking around getting um, hit by UV rays all day long. And so those patients are, are at a much higher risk of developing skin cancers. And we urge those patients and family members of those patients to push them to see the dermatologist regularly so they can get screened uh, more aggressively and have preventative treatments, topical treatments, light therapy treatments to prevent those skin cancers from forming uh, in the first place. Uh, there's some medications that patients take and also put them at risk, medications that make you susceptible to the sun, what we call phototoxic medications. Um, and then there's inherent risk factors into the tumor. They just tend to grow. Uh, they may be genetically uh, more predispositioned because the tumor is aggressive or the patient has genetic mutations such as um, the MCR1 gene related melanoma, which is what gives patients uh, you know, uh, red hair, um, which is associated with melanoma, or or genetic mutations with blue eyes and 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 um, skin colors that being more lighter than other ones that put you at risk for for more skin cancers as well okay. as more aggressive ones. Doctor Goodman, when you are referred to patients, um, how how important, especially with the aggressive malignancy, is it? to follow a team approach. And I know that George Washington University Hospital um, is, is well known for a multidisciplinary uh, approach to many diseases, including cancer. So can you walk us through mm-hmm. what is involved in the workup and the treatment of some of these aggressive cancers? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it depends on where the initial diagnosis was made. That's obviously the first step whenever there's a concern, and that's either a concern from the patient or a concern from the physician. So initially, there's got to be a tissue biopsy done of some kind. Sometimes uh, that's done by the dermatologist through a shave biopsy or a punch biopsy or whatnot. Sometimes there's an excisional biopsy that's required. It's a little bit more extensive. Uh, Sometimes a fine needle aspiration biopsy can be done for subcutaneous nodules uh, or lymph nodes. Once the the actual tumor etiology is discovered, uh, then the staging process really is tailored around each subtype. So for melanoma, it'll be different than squamous cell, et cetera. Um, we always want to make sure if it's a type of cancer that does go to the lymph nodes, uh, which is most cancers except for maybe basal cell, although very rarely that can metastasize, we want to get some sort of a anatomic study of the lymph nodes, usually a CAT scan, MRI, or uh, sometimes an ultrasound. Uh, if there's concern for Further spread, if it's a, a larger tumor, more aggressive tumor, sometimes a PET scan can be helpful uh, staging the patient uh, for any metastatic disease, and that would look at the entire body. Yeah, this is a fascinating uh, topic, and I think what I'd like to do at this point is ask both of you, you know, in summary, what do you want people to know about skin cancer? And Dr. Patel, we'll start with you. Um, what, what I'd like the listeners and, and uh, family members to know about skin cancer, is, you said it very uh, uh, aptly at the beginning of the show that skin cancer, it's really an epidemic that's on the rise. Um, and just from the host of things we do, the way we live our lives and vacation and, and grow up uh, in the sun, um, we're realizing that we have a larger number of patients 
who are going to have problems with skin cancer down the line. And that may be related from the actual skin cancer they have, or it may be related to other healthcare problems they have, and then later have a complication of that in the form of a skin cancer um, um, that is more aggressive. And so for those patients and those family members, we want you to get screened here um, at the dermatology department, get screened regularly, and your dermatologist will determine how frequently that needs to be, um, whether that's once a year, twice a year, or whatnot, based on your risk factors. But also, it's really important, and I tell all my patients, you're part of the healthcare team. Um, we see you in a snapshot, just one picture at a time for once a year. Um, and it's not like going to the dentist where you can just see a cavity and find it once a year. We need your help um, to, to self-monitor, to be sun protective and have partners that can look at you and say, these are lesions that are new and different. You need to have them taken care of. And then also to realize that skin cancer, it's, it's identifying the ones that are going to have poor outcomes, what we call high-risk lesions. That's really where we get uh, really interested. And that's what you want a provider to do is to really risk assess you of whether or not you're high risk so that you can then get plugged into all the specialists that work together, like here at GW with head and neck surgery, radiation oncology, medical oncology, and dermatologic oncology, so that we um, we can approach you early on, even before the lesions uh, rear its ugly head, so that you can have aggressive preventative therapies, and then you can get adjuvant therapies or therapies added on to surgery later on, so you get the best outcomes period. Um, and it's a team approach of which the patient is the, mm-hmm. the MVP of the team. Dr. Goodman, what would you like people to know? Yeah, no, I want to piggyback on that because I think that's the the main point that we're trying to get across for uh, treatment of skin cancers here at, at GW. Uh, MFA, uh, is the multidisciplinary team approach. And so uh, early lesions are very well managed and followed by the dermatologist. That's usually the the point of entry for any area of concern. Um, But once it gets to to my level or to the point where you need adjuvant treatments beyond just a simple excision um, and reconstruction, you you get the oncologist on on board, the radiation oncologist on board, potentially, uh, you know, we engage our pathology colleagues to help us to, to actually analyze the slides, uh, the, uh, the, the tissue itself, and uh, the radiologist, of course, you know, the neuroradiologist for head and neck in particular, um, are very um, capable of telling us where potential sites of metastasis or, or um, you know, more advanced disease may be. So we have a tumor board format, essentially, where uh, these cases are presented and everybody, all members of the team are in the same room, and we discuss you know, what the standard of care would be uh, treatment options for the patient, and, uh, and and these patients are followed by all members of the team. Dr. Patel and Dr. Goodman, I want to thank you guys for the, the work that you're doing at GW University Hospital, and also thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to GW Medical Faculty Associates Podcast. For more information, go to gwdocs.com. That's gwdocs.com. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.